0: I just a song so you can sing along with my special guest star, too. For two. You like to sing and dance, and this podcast by chance explores musicals for you. everyone welcome back to another episode of life's but a song a podcast that likes to live in the land of musicals i'm your host john and with me is my one of my all-star guests she's been on i don't know how many episodes already uh oh. she's also my movie deja vu co-host it's shady everyone
1: Woo. hi thank you for having me back i think this is my fifth time meeting with you for this podcast, but technically my sixth episode because Galavant was split in two. That's
0: right. Because it was two seasons. Okay. So let's see. It was yeah. my musical, Gallivant, Sink Street, and... Um, Hearts
1: Beat Loud. Hearts Beat
0: Loud. And now Swiss Army Man. That's right. Uh-huh. Swiss Army Man. So <laughs> Shady was very adamant. But let me do, let me do the intro <laughs> of Swiss Army Man. And yeah. then... we'll we'll get into it uh swiss army man came out in 2017 i want to say nope 2016 i wrote it i didn't write it down that's why i'm guessing 2016 it is screenplay by san kwan and daniel shiner
1: uh yeah uh kwan's american name is also dan Um, so collectively they are known as Daniels
0: wait did I did I write the wrong name down hold on
1: no I think I totally did
0: nope I totally did take two action okay Swiss Army Man came out in 2016 it is written by Dan Kwan and Daniel Scheinart Scheinert, Scheinart am I saying sure great
1: they're, they're collectively known as Daniels. The Daniels. So okay. Yeah.
0: Uh, Music by Andy Hull and Robert McDowell and directed by the Daniels. And according to IMDb, a hopeless man stranded on a deserted island befriends a dead body and together they go on a surreal journey to get home. Um,
1: okay. <laughs> okay, John's giving me a look.
0: Okay, so... I want to correct the imdb but i also don't at the same time because (laughs) it's part of the twist at the end there's like a twist kind of at the end for those of you who haven't seen it i know it's been five years yes five years since this movie came out so like you should have seen it by now or you if you wanted to uh you find out the twist is that he's not on a deserted island he is he 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 got the sads and ran away into the woods basically
1: well he's on a deserted island in the beginning but he gets off pretty quickly
0: well okay so here's my first real question before we get into why you picked this movie <laughs> do you feel like though that this whole movie is truthful or is it yeah or is it what's his name Hank's vision right before he dies when he's hanging himself for, at the beginning of the movie
1: no I think it's 100% truthful <laughs> I, think, I think it's dark and evil if this is all in his head because if it's all in his head that means that there's no hope for anything in the world the whole movie is about learning how to find hope and wonder in the world again and that's why it's so beautiful <laughs> so if he kills himself and he dies then it all means nothing
0: well i was well so i i was watching it and it was i i do agree with imdb when they say that it's a surreal journey which i feel like it could have been a musical
1: it is it's kind of a musical but like
0: you know with more original songs or like an actual like dance break musical moment or something you know what I mean? okay you know what I mean?
1: like like a, a more traditional musical yes
0: or something along okay. the lines of like ooh, okay deep cut ready there's this movie called <laughs> southland tales not sure if you've okay. ever seen it or you the listener uh-huh. have seen it in it justin timberlake has like a vision of sorts or a dream or something where he's lip-syncing the killers, all these things that I've done. And I feel like Swiss Army Man could have had that a moment like that where it's like a music video or something. Am I making sense?
1: No, that makes sense. Okay. But the characters do sing in the movie and they do sing about their feelings and about what they are doing within the world of the movie. Oh yeah,
0: so there are... Uh, fifteen songs. Uh, however, one of them has like reprises in like a music it's, montagey moment. Yeah, because they they sang Cotton Eye Joe and the Jurassic Park theme, and then there are other songs that are original to for the movie. But mm-hmm. my favorite moment was when Hank is singing Cotton Eye Joe and then all of a sudden he's like, it's the song that you hate that's stuck in your head. I was like, yes! Yes, it always is!
1: (laughs) Or it's always the song that you're
0: just like, where the fuck do I know this from?
1: Yeah. So uh, I do know part of the trivia about this movie that I just have in my head is that Daniels, the, the writers, directors of this movie, hate that song And uh, there are actually a lot of very prominent elements throughout this movie that are just things that they hate. And they wanted to take on the challenge of making a movie out of stuff that they dislike and see if they could do it. And like remix it in a way that they do find, maybe not that they love it or they have a passion for it, but like that they could make useful for the story they were trying to tell. But Cotton Eye Joe is one of them. And that's where that line comes from. But-
0: Okay, so you picked this to challenge me and the podcast to <laughs> define what a musical is. Am I using the words correctly?
1: Yes, because I think this is this is a movie where both of the characters are seen multiple times singing, and we hear their voices singing all throughout the movie because the score is an acapella score for the most part
0: yeah it's a lot that it's a lot of chanting and noises and even yeah. watching it with <laughs> even watching it with the subtitles the uh they they say you know the song like sometimes they say what the song is and then it's there mm-hmm. it's just like rhythmic chanting <laughs> <laughs> it's
1: great. but then you also get songs like montage where they are The words they're singing, they're singing actual lyrics, and it's what they're literally doing on screen at the exact moment that you hear. So, you know, they say, now we're starting a fire while they're building a fire, or now we're shooting at fish when they're shooting at fish. Right. But they also break into, you know, they have like these held glances throughout that montage, and that's when they sing about their emotions. So one of the big lines is, are we falling in love when they're just smiling at each other? It's something that in a non-musical would not get vocalized, but in a musical, characters sing about it. So where does this fall that it's kind of doing both?
0: I would feel this is more like a Sing Street situation or Hearts Beat Loud situation, which were episodes you were on, Callback.
1: Hey! uh,
0: Where this is a movie with music, not necessarily a musical movie, I feel like. I don't... Uh, Ooh. Ooh. That's how i feel, though.
1: I know. Well, that's that's how I would normally feel, too. But I do think it is open to, depending on how you define a musical, it's open to, well, no, this is... Because it's not diegetic music, um, for the most part. Some of it is, but not all of it. Um, And then they did... uh, I remember reading that they basically crafted... Daniels crafted the story basically in collaboration, like they, they crafted the script in collaboration with Andy Hall, who, uh, is composed the music.
0: One of the composers.
1: Yeah. He was the, from what I understand, he was like sort of the driving force behind, uh, most of the score. I believe it. He basically composed the score as they were writing the script and they did it in collaboration. They recorded the score with Paul Dano and Daniel Radcliffe before they shot any of the movie And then for key scenes, they did playback like they would in a musical or a music video Hmm. instead of most movies traditionally add the score post-production. That's really
0: fascinating.
1: Yeah. So like, like this, it's technically a score and not considered like a musical soundtrack.
0: Well, yeah, because I was like you, there are track titles for the songs, it's kind of it's kind of operatic in a way where it just blends into one another and sometimes you're just yeah. like what song are we on <laughs> well for me that's that's how i see opera sometimes where i'm just like i don't know this it's, it's all one song basically in some <laughs> to some capacity but here i did no research and this is fascinating about the uh like I didn't realize that that was how they crafted this film. I just, rem- I and I also, this is the first time of me watching it. Like I've wanted to see this movie for years, but it's just never yeah. been like on my radar at the time when I'm like, let's watch a movie. You know what I mean?
1: Right. Yeah. It didn't get, I mean, it got a theatrical release, but it's 824. I don't think it was super wide and it probably wasn't. I
0: don't know. I, I kind of remember it being a big deal. Cause like, People loved seeing Daniel Radcliffe fart for two hours or, some, or an hour yeah. and a half, I should say.
1: <laughs> I mean, it, dev- it got a festival run before it was released in theaters. Um, another fun fact uh, about this premiered at Sundance and about half the audience walked out before like the halfway point <gasps> of the movie.
0: Because of all the farting and the boners. Because of the
1: farting, yeah. Boners, farting, shit.
0: But I have to say though, like, I know this is a musical podcast, but I feel like we're not going to be like any other episode I've had. (laughs) Uh,
1: No, I mean, this is also, again, maybe not a musical.
0: I know. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah.
1: (sighs) It kind of, it blurs the line between how much, because a score in any movie and even a non-musical movie, the score is important. It helps sell the action and the emotion and, uh, but it's normally not done so closely in collaboration with the story making process the way this is
0: and on so in, oh, oh, go no ahead. you finished your thought
1: oh okay I was just gonna say and that reminds me more of a musical the songwriters will work very closely with the book writers most of the time
0: because I was looking on, I, I'm looking on IMDb right now and musical is not one of the genres that they have, but like IMDb is not God. Let's be real here. We, right. I, I read the little synopsis synopses from the <laughs> very, uh, every episode from IMDb. And it's usually like the first one I pick. The first one I see is the one that I pick because okay. ideally that's the one that you read when you go to the page and everything. Right. But they've been so wrong on so many things <laughs> that I'm going to maybe say like they do have a fan the uh the fantasy genre as one of the ones. But like mm. I don't know. You're you're giving me a compelling argument that like maybe musical could be a genre but it's not like the first, maybe it's like the right. third or fourth
1: structurally the genre this best fits into is romantic comedy. Yes. But it's not it's also not really what people would consider a rom-com story.
0: Now wait, when you say rom-com though, you're talking about between Hank and Manny, right? Yes. Cuz yes. like although they're obsessed with Mary Elizabeth Winstead and again, who isn't? Who isn't? Uh, <laughs> which I think is a callback from 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 our podcast.
1: Ah, Right. Final Destination.
0: So close (laughs) to that where we lust over her for an hour and a half. But uh, it's more their relationship because when they kiss underwater, Mm -hmm. that's when you realize they're in love. God, this movie is fucking weird.
1: (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) This movie operates on a few different levels where... I mean, if you want to take it, my interpretation of this movie is that for the universe of the film, it's all literally happening. But for our view of it, it's all metaphor. And Hank and Manny represent dual parts of the same person. So it's a, that moment to me is about loving yourself and fully accepting yourself. I
0: did not read that i mean i knew it's a24 so obviously everything that they're right. doing that you're seeing is has a deeper meaning and it's metaphor simile whatever any sort of mm-hmm. comparison uh symbolism everything right. but i also was under the impression of what i first asked you that this was all false like okay.
1: That this is a dying this dream. This is a
0: dying dream. And oh, that's okay. how so I. You went
1: in a very, very different direction from me.
0: Because, like, Cause, I mean, he's about to hang himself. He and he, the the stereotypical thing is like the life flashes before your eyes. Mm-hmm. Uh, not sure if that's true or not, and no one. Well,
1: you you haven't died. I haven't died
0: <laughs> yet.
1: Neither have I. Yeah we will someday and we will not be able to tell people what we saw
0: unless it's our our literal dying breath be like (gasps) flashbacks (laughs) (laughs) but i kind of felt like the only truthful moment was the beginning because it's just so happenstance that like he you see the body come up on the shore which i'm Mm -hmm. still unclear if we're on an island in the beginning or if it's the opposite side of town Mm, like
1: like a different shore line yes from what okay
0: because like they don't explain how we got there with paul dano like there like there isn't a line but there is a line about how manny died Mm -hmm. and so i was just like well that's convenient that there was a bridge jumper and you don't see a bridge ever (laughs)
1: well if you want my interpretation of it Uh so this is to me this movie is all truthful in that it is truthful to hank's emotional state but hank is not on a literal island he the island it's all a physical manifestation of his emotions and he is somebody who is already deeply suicidal The island represents when you reach the point of your suicidal ideation that you feel like there's nothing that can bring you back to what you once enjoyed about life, uh, which would be, in this case, civilization. So he's not literally on an island. He's just finally at his breaking point. And he happens to catch sight of Manny. And Manny represents the part of him that had something to live for. And that's why Manny is a corpse now, but he's a corpse that can be brought back to life. Because the the big thing with their relationship is that Hank needs Manny for physical survival, but Manny needs Hank to support him emotionally and foster uh, and teach him how to work through his emotions in order to be able to be more mobile and be more lifelike, even though he's already dead.
0: Like, when they... Broke through and we're in Mary Elizabeth Weinstead's backyard. I was ready for Manny to not be real and for everything we just watched to just be pure fantasy of a man losing his mind on the brink of starvation and everything. But I mean, Manny kept being a character and everything. And so, like, what is this movie? I don't
1: understand. (laughs) But I think in the universe of the movie, Manny had to be real and Hank's experiences with him had to be real because if it turned out to be false, then the metaphor gets interpreted as, oh, depression's not real. You can just you can just ignore your depression. It's just in your head when that's not how depression works. It is actually a physical uh, condition in addition to being a mental condition.
0: You know what I think would have helped with his depression What's if that? there was a farting musical number uh, oh. an all farting mu- they missed out, right? Like they could have yeah. they could have done I'm thinking a Celine song.
1: <laughs> well, it could have been like we know Daniel Radcliffe can dance. The boy can soft shoe.
0: The boy can soft shoe. and so so like it, it
1: could have been like a dance number too. Oh
0: my God. like it it <laughs> just <laughs> come on
1: each come on two fart numbers come
0: on that's that i would once we established the farting and like we're in gross humor land i was waiting uh-huh. for a farting song I'm not, <laughs> I'm not i'm not i'm not joking though right. i li- would like i know it's funny to say out loud but like i was expecting one <laughs>
1: They no. They could totally. They could totally adapt this into a stage musical and do at least one, if not multiple, fart numbers. They could do a fart number that's the dance number in the beginning and then bring it back as a as a ballad at the end. Well, I
0: mean, speaking of that, I mean, that was, that was a question I actually wrote down. Like, do you think this could be a real musical, like on stage? I, I mean, obviously, there's going to be a lot of that adapting.
1: Right. This is as is. This was made for the screen. This was made
0: for the screen. Or maybe, like, another remake of it, but a musical
1: one? If if they're going to adapt it into a musical, I think I'd rather see it on stage because I'd rather see a full adaptation and see okay. what they managed to change. And and I'd be so curious as to how they make a farting jet ski on stage.
0: Well, and what they could potentially do... Is make it a little longer because I, I I did notice that it took tw- like what twenty one minutes for Daniel Radcliffe to have a line, like that could be intermission. Where you know if you oh. if you extend it maybe to be like forty five minutes without him talking,
1: right? It could just be it could basically just be Hank and a physical performance from Manny mm-hmm. for the whole first act. Well,
0: or or part human part actor part doll because like I know that I remember seeing on a Graham Norton show that there is a doll version of (laughs) Daniel Radcliffe and it's fucking creepy and I was watching the movie and I was just like okay when are they when is the doll when is it human and like there's a few scenes that like clearly it's a doll it's the doll
1: right it would be too dangerous to put Harry Potter in there
0: Right. Like, well, there's one moment where his legs are like splayed out and in a broken (laughs) manner. And I was like, that's the doll.
1: (laughs) Right. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, I think when they use him as like to chop down trees and stuff like that, that had to be the doll. But I'm pretty sure I know you probably find it on IMDb, but I'm pretty sure I remember reading somewhere that they wanted to use the doll a lot more than they actually did because when Daniel Radcliffe signed up for the movie, he was like, no, 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 no. I want to play the corpse. Like, this is what I signed up for. I want to be the farting lifeless corpse as much as I possibly can. Oh, so can. it's like
0: 95% him kind of, or 90 maybe? I think
1: so. Yeah. Like, I think they, they had the doll made and they used that for the stuff that would have been just way too dangerous to put a person into. And I think, like, even when it is the doll, they had Daniel Radcliffe basically be the puppeteer, so he could still be "quote unquote" in the shot. That's
0: amazing.
1: I know. I mean, first of all, what an artist, Daniel Radcliffe! C- like, how dedicated is? I things? don't.
0: I didn't look it up, and you probably know better than I do. But were either of them nominated for an award? Nope. That is upsetting.
1: I know. Because,
0: like, they are acting the shit out of this movie, Daniel Radcliffe again like again is dead half the like it doesn't it is lifeless half the movie
1: right and e- even when he like has just a, a little bit of life in him like what do you base that performance off of you have to invent that yourself i can't think of a performance that's even similar to this now
0: this is a few years after the harry potter movies are done right yeah yeah so he I feel like he learned to act through those movies and then afterwards some of his choices are a little like what the fuck Daniel but like this one you when you hear that he's playing a farting corpse you're just <laughs> like Daniel Radcliffe is crazy again but then you watch it yeah. and you're like oh no he's good yeah. he's a great act
1: At- Daniel Radcliffe uh, has taken a similar career turn as Robert Pattinson where like they made their name and their fortune off of doing big mega franchises when they were very young, Mm -hmm. cut their teeth, got their in ways. And then since then they were like, I don't need more money. I don't need another franchise. I'm going to do whatever the hell is interesting to me.
0: Except, you know, Robert Pattinson is like, hey, DC, how you doing?
1: Well, but, but like, that's why. I mean, off topic, but that's why I'm excited about this new Batman movie because why is Robert Pattinson interested in doing it? He doesn't need to do it. But I don't see Daniel Radcliffe ever doing another franchise because he's done so well. And even though some of them, a lot of his movies are not great, but they are interesting and they give him something really interesting and different to do and a new challenge every time. So like, it's going to be fun to see even as he matures and gets older, what he's able to do with his career and like what weird shit he's going to decide to do because he doesn't need to worry about the money.
0: So like, I know Daniel Radcliffe is actually like a song and dance man. Like he was in the revival of how to succeed in business without even trying. Uh, um, I like,
1: saw him in that. What was
0: that like 10 years ago something like that?
1: Yeah, something like that. I saw that with my friend Ashley. It was awesome. And
0: then in this movie we find out Paul Dano can carry a tune. So again, like, this movie could have been a musical. Like, a few episodes ago I did SpongeBob SquarePants with, you know, your friend in our, and friend of the pod, Derek <laughs> Speedy. And again, I'm, I am was just so flabbergasted where that one wasn't a full-blown like, musical, where it called, mm-hmm. like, it could be. It, right. Like, this... If they wanted to go pure campy fantasy, like, it doesn't have to be a jukebox, as we learn. But maybe, like, do more than just vocal chanting or something?
1: Yeah, I mean, I I think they made the movie they wanted to make. And I don't think it was ever really in their heads that this was a musical. It's just they wanted to incorporate the score so much. And I don't think... I mean, I'm going to be totally honest. I'm fudging my own definition of a musical. I would not call this a musical. But I'm, I'm, I'm saying, saying there's an argument to be I'm, made
0: for I'm it. I'm saying that it has a potential to be one.
1: Right. But I don't, I think it's exactly what they wanted it to be, where it's not, it's surreal, but it's not high camp.
0: Oh my God. Could you um, just imagine Mary Elizabeth Winesett singing something, some like 11 o'clock number though?
1: She has, doesn't she have like classical dance training? I don't. Sure. She needs sure. to dance more in movies. But
0: like she, she's only in it for what, like ten minutes. But it's still like, yeah. Give the girl an aria or something. <laughs> <laughs> and, then, an aria. and 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 then I'll just be like, oh my god. <laughs> <I love
1: that. laughs> no, seriously, so adapt this for the stage as a full musical. Keep the original cast
0: yes <laughs> well they're, they're gonna have to recast the little girl
1: oh right because she's probably like
0: too, she, she, she's too old now, now. yeah <laughs> too, right. too, too tall
1: right right
0: uh so if you were stranded on a deserted island or you know you ran <laughs> you ran away off to the beach or in the woods or somewhere what songs would you want to be stuck in your head
1: Oh, what songs would I want to be stuck in mm-hmm. my head?
0: Not not bad ones. We want good ones. right?
1: Um, Cut to the Feeling by Carly Rae Jepsen. Yes, 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 <laughs> yes,
0: yes, 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 yes. Oh my God, yes. <laughs>
1: <laughs> That's the first one I thought of uh, as a song that gets stuck in my head that I like when it gets stuck in my head. Yeah. Or maybe Thelma Houston, Don't Leave Me This Way
0: yes also a great one
1: <laughs> i don't know what's your answer i think
0: i will take beyonce's catalog
1: oh the whole catalog. the whole catalog okay and lady gaga oh hold on i did not know that entire catalogs were on the table
0: hey if you're <laughs> if you're pushing what a musical is i'm fudging what my question okay. what my answers are <laughs> all right fair enough, fair enough fair enough
1: <laughs> all right so then
0: like whose catalog would you want then i mean for mine i know i said lady gaga right.
1: I, could, if, if, I could skip if the star be... is born
0: album <laughs> personally
1: um if i'm gonna be basic which let's face it i am basic probably gonna say britney spears
0: i knew it i totally yeah. knew it and i was just i was actually thinking about adding her to mine too <laughs> yeah
1: and i i'd add like i'd add rihanna to that as well um
0: so can we can, all right so we're in agreement that we'll take like the pop divas of of the current right, brand, yes
1: right i mean like for 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 indie cred i'm gonna say mischief Brew, but let's face it that's not my real answer my real answer is britney
0: we want we 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 just want to like hum toxic always and forever <laughs> and then going to crazy
1: john you get I, it you get, I get it you
0: Daddy, after doing almost two podcasts with you (laughs) i mean we have our we have our own one but and this one you've come on so many times i get you (laughs) we're on the same wavelength already
1: (laughs) okay is there do you have another another curveball question like that to throw at me
0: well okay so how did you feel about the ending where the people see was what hank was up to in the woods like because we don't under we don't get when hank actually ran away like we don't Mm -hmm. get that information right and i mean i don't know how many days this movie takes place in which is one of the things i like to do in movie deja vu is count the number of days that (laughs) the movie takes place in but it it has to be a while it has to be like yeah. three months, because like, I mean, I know we're in fantasy land and everything, Right. but building that bus. <laughs> come on! Nah,
1: they did that in like they did that on their lunch break.
0: Come on! Come on! That that takes like if, right. if I mean if you if you're telling me that this movie is real, then that mm-hmm. took some real time right. to make,
1: which right. is also
0: when I was. At that point, when people were like looking at the bus and the car and the restaurant and every the city that he made, yeah, that's when I was also ready for Manny to be not real, mm. and that like this was Hank's therapy, was building these things and living his life in the woods.
1: Mm. No, I feel like it was logical to me that these people had to see what they'd made and they had to see that Manny was real because most of this movie is about accepting yourself, even the parts that are weird or ugly or something that you feel like you should be ashamed of. And the next part of, like, once you've accepted yourself, other people need to accept you too and they need to sort of be able to acknowledge that Like all of that stuff sort of represents the pain that he had gone through, but also how he's able to create something beautiful out of it. Mm. Um, And I think it was important for us as an audience anyway, to see that all of that stuff was real and other people, it was tangible and other people could see it because they won't understand it unless they see it. I kind of, in agreement with you that that represents a therapy of some sorts for Hank. But that, to me, I think what's important is that other people come across it.
0: And wonder what the fuck is going on.
1: Right. But it's also amazing that he built all of that. Whether he built it with Manny or himself, it's amazing and it's beautiful and it's weird and it's hard to understand, but...
0: I think he built it himself. Because the way that they show Manny... Is like, he's very dependent yeah. on Hank until the bear attack.
1: Right. But he's also the tool. So, like, they built it together, but Manny was- Oh,
0: okay. I see what you mean. I yeah. thought you meant, like- Yeah,
1: sorry. No, I wasn't clear about- Like, they weren't, like, lifting logs together, but, like- Manny
0: was, Manny farting, Manny was farting stuff the tool together. together, yes.
1: Right. And he, he would chop the logs, and then Hank would place the logs where they needed
0: and to And use the batarang through his mouth-
1: Right. Exactly.
0: That was so stupid. (laughs) Ah, this movie is so stupid. I love it.
1: It's amazing.
0: Um, what did I want to? Oh, so so and like that moment, as well as like through. I I loved the swell of music in that moment. Like I'm not gonna lie, the the chanting did not get on my nerves. It didn't feel like it. It felt slightly different each time each song mm-hmm. if you will
1: Yeah, i think they were using like different intonations or something mm-hmm. i don't i don't know enough about music to be able to say well, so in
0: the beginning they they build the score in a way it feels like where um you have hank making noises and then that gets repeated like ha 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 like those kind of things build and build and it makes the uh, they introduce instruments and everything and it felt like one like uh i under i understand the process now because it felt like one massive song if you will um Mm -hmm. but not to, like, down-talk the composers or anything. It, it just felt like one long journey, if you will, uh, of a right. song.
1: It, it was, right, it was like a concept album that also had a movie built into it. Yes,
0: yes. Where, you know, they, there were variations on things, um, and then mm-hmm. they would sing Cotton Eye Joe or the Jurassic Park theme or,
1: right. or
0: blend and the two together, which is the way they did, and it was awesome.
1: Yeah, and then they had that le Motif, which is the song that Hank is humming to himself in the beginning and that appears at key moments throughout the movie.
0: And then they introduce the lullaby and I I think is that that's called History of the Universe? Yeah. I think so. Yeah, and that and that's like an original song where it's a song song not like the rest of the m- music in the movie. But it's 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 actually it works so usually what defines a musical is if the music propels the story forward
1: Mm -hmm.
0: and i feel like the composition or orchestration i don't know what what the word is for this case but i feel like (laughs) that helps the movie go ahead cuz like even in montage like it's a montage right <laughs> i feel like the music doesn't detract from what's on screen and from and what's on screen doesn't overpower the music they it, uh thank you <laughs> thank you for making me you you kind of broke me but
1: oh, no i didn't want to break you well i
0: mean you you broke what My concept of a musical is because now I'm just like, oh shit, I have to think of this.
1: (laughs) Right, but again, it's also it does exist still very much in this gray area because everything that we can say about this score, outside of the fact that the actors themselves are providing their vocals for it, is also true of any orchestral score in any movie. Right.
0: Hello, John Williams.
1: Right, right, but we're not about to say Star Wars is a musical. It could be, but it's not.
0: <laughs> Star Wars is an opera. Let's be real here. It's a space opera.
1: Space opera. When
0: you put all nine <laughs> movies together, it's a fucking opera.
1: Yeah, that is that is the, the ring cycle, right?
0: Oh my God, yes. <laughs> <laughs> um,
1: I know like next to nothing about opera. So I'm really excited that I could pull out one reference that I sort of understand. Huzzah!
0: <laughs> you did it.
1: I did it. All right, well then not to use Star Wars then. Let's use
0: Jurassic Park. Schindler's List. Schindler's List. <laughs> yes,
1: you know, that 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 one that's fun for the whole family. But anyway, we're not about to argue that Schindler's List is a musical even though it has a very evocative and impactful score. Right. It's really more just how they composed the score along with writing the script and how they incorporated the actors into the score that fudges the line between score musical number
0: yeah I feel like they could have added more like that's my complaint with a lot a lot of these (laughs) I mean I I get it they made the movie they wanted to make but right me podcaster extraordinaire for this musical podcast
1: (laughs) well if you weren't watching it with me saying we should do it for your musical podcast do you think you'd have the same expectations or like the same... I still would
0: think there would be a farting song, okay? Because, well, <laughs> I mean, they do everything with his farts. Why not have a musical number with it, or like a body part, like a body m- music making yeah. number, uh,
1: and e- everybody poops number. Yeah,
0: where it's not ne- maybe it's not necessarily his farts, but like if you again build a song off of like all the things he can do and all right. the noises he can make maybe that's the
1: song i'm thinking of okay because it is important in the movie that a lot of his bodily functions that provide the most useful tools are things that people are generally ashamed of or embarrassed over yes his farts his boners we, we learn to hide those things uh because it's impolite and unsanitary but we attach shame to it as well when we shouldn't be ashamed of those things. We should just be cognizant that it's not sanitary to fart in somebody's face.
0: Meanwhile, they are having deep philosophical discussions about life that should be that should have been in like the good place or something.
1: <laughs> yeah, but
0: no, it was very fascinating to like how Daniel Radcliffe's character is like a child in a way where mm-hmm. you know he doesn't know how.
1: life is He, he doesn't
0: remember his life beforehand
1: right there's just something kind of beautiful about even when hank is teaching him about masturbation and he's teaching him okay well you look at a model we're looking at these swimsuit models but he's not talking about having sex with her he's not talking about like objectifying her body he's talking about imagining building a life with her and that makes Manny have an erection and I think people don't talk about masturbation in that way, where a lot of times there are emotional feelings attached to it. It's not just purely sexual feelings. Mm-hmm.
0: Like you don't have to get off necessarily, which right. is a different podcast. <laughs> if
1: well, yeah.
0: Different time for different like, podcasts. That, yeah. that, that magical boner though was wild. <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
1: But, but it is, like, going back to your point, it is amazing, like, how much philosophy and meaning they're able to derive from fart jokes and boner jokes.
0: Always. That's, and isn't that the goal, like, in life?
1: Yeah. To have meaningful well,
0: conversations while you're, you know, burping or something?
1: <laughs> exactly. And going back to how the directors and writers hate the song Cotton Eye Joe, and that's why they put that in. They also hate fart jokes. Really? They hate fart jokes. They think they are juvenile and immature, so they wanted to challenge themselves and see if they could make a movie based around the premise of a fart joke.
0: My mind has just exploded a little bit. I know.
1: I have this personal philosophy about filmmaking that oftentimes the best subject matter if you're creating art The best subject matter for you to work with is something that you personally dislike because i think that means that you can bring a really unique point of view to it i mean it's great when directors can indulge themselves in the things they love often creates really fun movies but i always think of francis ford coppola who hated mafia movies he hated the entire premise of ever having to make a mafia movie And when he went broke and the only studio job being offered to him was The Godfather, he was like, fine, I'll make it, but I hate mafia movies, so I'm going to turn this one to a fucking masterpiece. How about that? (laughs) And he was able to do that because he brought a very different point of view to it that nobody else had brought to a mafia movie before. It's
0: true. I mean, uh, and kudos to the Daniels, because this movie is 100% original, yeah like even Francis Ford Coppola can't say that about his movie because it's based off of a book
1: right like what 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 can you think of anything that is like this movie
0: no no and and that's why I I like always give kudos to A24 because they produce produce yes they produce yeah pure original movies for the most part I mean I I haven't seen all of them, so I can't...
1: Right. Well, even the ones that are adaptations, there's usually, like, a big swing involved mm-hmm. in the uh, execution of it. Yes. Like, like, they don't always hit, but they always swing very big.
0: I think I'm all talked out of this movie, unless is there anything else you want to bring up?
1: We can get to that with sharps.
0: Sharp and flat? Oh, Sharp excuse me, flats, did yeah. you say you wanted to do sharps and flats?
1: I did say that.
0: Let's get into sharp and flat, shall we?
1: <laughs> sharp.
0: Flat. In this section, we're going to highlight some moments, whether we liked it or not. If we liked it, it's sharp. And if we didn't like it, it's flat. Shady, you were very excited to talk about sharp and flats. So let's yeah. have you go first with your sharps.
1: Okay, well, uh, this is kind of a cheat. I have not made this a secret to people who ask me about my favorite movies. This is tied with my favorite movie of all time. Which is? La Strada by Federico Fellini and this movie. I I love these movies and you could argue that they play with similar themes. So it's not that surprising that I love both of them, but they're stylistically wildly different.
0: I mean, I'm Um, assuming La Strada has zero fart jokes in it.
1: No, no fart jokes. A lot of music though, not a musical, but it is about music. Or um, or like
0: a, a a wandering penis.
1: No, they don't n- not not a literal wandering penis it, like this, no. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. <laughs> but I'm gonna cheat and say the whole movie. Everything about it is a sharp for me. But one thing that I wanna point out that I really, really love and I think takes this movie over the top for me is when they write everybody poops with poop in the pages of the Bible, just kind of, when I saw that for the first time, I like went nuts in my seat in the theater. I loved it so much. What they're doing is almost by its pure definition an act of desecration. They are smearing poop on the Bible, uh, on a holy text. But But it's not a desecration at all. It's actually an elevation because they are creating new content out of it. And if we're going back to everything as a metaphor, the Bible is a metaphor for the human spirit or the human soul. And the poop is a metaphor for the human body and the physical form. And they are literally combining the spirit and the the body together in a way that's really unique and really kind of beautiful to me. And they are creating a content out of it. And I love that Hank introduces the book everybody poops as everyone reads this when they're a kid and he's looking at the bible which is largely credited I don't know if this is really verifiable but it's widely credited as the most read book in the world so it's funny that he's saying everybody reads this but he's talking about everybody poops not the bible and there that that whole juxtaposition sets off so many different things in my head that I just love And I don't know that there is anything in any movie or TV show that has, like, captured me so fully before. And it's such a stupid little gag, but there's so much meaning loaded into it. I love it.
0: Oh, my God.
1: (laughs) And that's kind of this whole movie, right? It's just stupid gags, but elevating them to mean something much deeper.
0: Dear listener, that whole time Shady was talking, I had my head in my hand. (laughs) crying not to laugh cry while she's (laughs) while she was on her soapbox oh my god you've had too much time to think about this movie
1: (laughs) that's the thing this is like a thought that formed fully in my head the first time I saw that this is not something I sat on and thought about for a while I just I saw the poop smeared onto a bible to create a new book and I was like, oh, my God, this is incredible what they're doing. Oh, boy. Like, these are guys who know what they're doing.
0: So I wrote down. <laughs> I really liked learning Manny's abilities during the montage. Oh, that's fun. W- it's fun. It's, an, it's pure joy entertainment. Because, like, fart jokes are fart jokes. But, like, that humor that was during montage was new and interesting um yeah. so i really liked that i thought it was a sharp and my other sharp was the treetops slash bear sequence oh. because that one really challenged you to be like what is real please tell me that you didn't believe the corpse came to life in reality
1: i did Oh God.
0: but i mean like walking and becoming more like a zombie if you will
1: I believe everything in, that we see in this movie is 100% true. Oh, boy.
0: Oh, boy. I'm still, I'm still on that thought of that this is all pure imagination of a dying man.
1: No, that's, I think it's open to interpretation. I have seen a credible interpretation of this movie, uh, a theory about this movie, that Hank is actually a trans woman. And this is her journey in learning how to accept the parts of herself that she's disgusted with and the parts of herself that she thinks society is disgusted with. I don't agree with that interpretation necessarily, but I think it's very compelling. Uh, It is interesting, like, thinking about that and taking that interpretation. The first time we see Hank look truly happy is when she's dressed up like Sarah and Manny tells her she's beautiful. And also that maybe Hank is not in love with Sarah but hank is enamored with the idea of being sarah no
0: he could be in love Um, with sarah too yeah it could be both he could he could be a lesbian trans woman
1: yeah so i think that's and again not one that i necessarily agree with but i think it's one that's fully supported by the movie and i think that's a really interesting interpretation as well i buy it so i think there's there's a bunch of different ways you could take this i think you could take it as Manny was real up until the very end of the movie and then that was Hank's imagination.
0: So sometimes in this section, um, <laughs> I have what I like to call a natural, which is neither a sharp nor a flat, but like, I need to talk about it. And okay. we kind of did touch upon it, but like the stuff that Hank built in the forest, like what the fuck?
1: <laughs>
0: Again, <laughs> I don't know how much time and then you brought up a point about did Manny help which I mean I I it kind of felt like it was built before he met Manny could you Mm. see that
1: I could see that
0: just the way that he's like we're on a
1: bus now
0: and then they they do the whole bus on on the bus sequence where they're figuring out who Sarah is right like it, it felt like all of that was built prior. Like maybe the bus was built prior to him meeting Manny, but everything else was built afterwards. I don't know. I just I just need an answer, please. Thank you. Sorry, I like <laughs> I like answers to things. Like, give me an <laughs> ambiguous ending. Fine. We've done two movies with Derek Speedy about it with that had of ambiguous endings. <laughs> give me an ambiguous, like sort of rising action to the climax I have I I need answers at some point (laughs) like whoa so what were your flats if you had any
1: zero flats. really this is a no
0: no this is a perfect
1: movie perfect movie if you change one thing about this movie it's not it's not its message isn't as strong it just it ruins the mood I think even you know, I was uncomfortable the first time I watched it with how much they are enamored with Sarah, have it with her just being a stranger, but you also kind of can't have this movie hit as hard without that discomfort.
0: Yeah, that's really awkward. And it is, ending.
1: it is, it's really awkward, but it's also who can't relate to having a crush on somebody you don't know. Um, and, you know, taking it too far by taking a picture of her, she doesn't know about, but It is ultimately pretty chaste, and in the era of social media, people take videos and photos of strangers and post them on the internet without their consent all the time. That's true. So it's relatively innocent, and again, it's like, I don't like it, but they're not actually placing any uh, expectations on her as a person that she's meant to act out on, so it's a kind of discomfort that I think is needed for the movie to help come to terms with the characters. So that is like the closest thing I have to a flat. But again, if you change it, it changes the movie too much. Mm. And I don't think the movie's as strong without it.
0: Well, the other hill that I'm going to die on is that this movie needed a fart song. Um, (laughs) I'm sorry, you needed one. (laughs) Like, really, it, it... I don't
1: think a fart song would take away from it. Right. I just You're don't like, think... I'm I, i, I going to disagree with you that it's needed, but I won't disagree with you that it would be delightful.
0: It's wanted. It's, wanted. <laughs> it's
1: not a need, but it's a want. i needed
0: I'll agree it. with that. I needed it. If, <laughs> well, it kind of felt like they were building up to it, too, in a way. Because, like, you... I mean, he... he the Like, it could have just been, like... Oh, Bella Note from uh from Lady in the Tramp or something. You know, he could they but like it could have provided an underscore for a scene is what I'm saying. I, it didn't it, it maybe it didn't need to be like a full blown song, but like when they're on the when they're on the date if he farted Bella Notte or some romantic song, <laughs> I would
1: have I would have loved it. He farted to the tune of Bella Note. Yeah.
0: and i don't have to pay copyright for that because i didn't say anything bazinga (laughs) Ah.
1: clever clever
0: i didn't plan it either it just happened uh and then i this is like very minuscule and very just me but i didn't like the mechanical noise that manny's boner made listen, it was a a little weird.
1: (laughs) I'm not gonna lie. The the boner acting as a compass is fine, but adding a mechanical whirring is just a a touch too far?
0: A a little too much, yes.
1: Okay. (laughs) It was
0: it it just, it was a little uncomfortable to hear a whirring because, like, we are supposed to believe it's a real penis. (laughs) I can't believe we're talking about this. <laughs> <laughs> oh God. After a year of podcasting with you, we're finally talking about a mechanical penis.
1: I oh it took, it took too long, really. Way
0: too long. But for, I, for
1: the record, I have tried so hard to think of any movie I could even a little bit compare this to to make it a movie deja vu episode.
0: Castaway? Would that work? Would that have worked?
1: They did name Hank, Hank Thompson because of Tom Hanks, the star of Castaway.
0: So uh, I haven't <laughs> seen Castaway though. Like, would it have worked? Would it have been a good episode or would it have been?
1: It, it would have been, a, it would have been, we would have been pulling at some hair. There's, there's some stuff you could say because you could argue that Manny and Wilson are the same character, <laughs> but also like wildly different at the same time.
0: It would, it would make Boyhood and Lady Bird look like a, a, a real episode, not, not one that we struggled. <laughs>
1: it wouldn't be as bad as an episode that we haven't done yet that I suggested, which have not two movies that have nothing to do with each other except being based off of the same historical event. Oh,
0: I don't know. I don't know this one in question yet, uh, but we'll figure okay. it out.
1: Well, um, I don't know. You can cut this out if you want to. Or we could just leave it in as a preview for movie Deja Vu, but all the President's Men versus Dick.
0: Oh,
1: <laughs> Wait, hey, Dick with a Dick joke.
0: Dick in, joke,
1: man. So Higginest there we joke.
0: go. <laughs> okay, so shady. I'm bad. I didn't send you this outline, and I'm so sorry. Oh, it's okay. But what were are there songs that you would add to your life's playlist from this movie?
1: i um, I think of the song Montage all the time, especially if I'm making or eating popcorn. Because <laughs> they starts, popcorn. Starts with the pop, popcorn, pop, popcorn. Yeah, and I love the River Rocket song. And their version of Jurassic Park are the lyrics that I have incorporated into the Jurassic Park theme song myself. So I would add those three <sighs> to my life's playlist.
0: I think I'm going to agree with you with Montage and i'm gonna also add treetops but like i also really did like the underscoring of the chanting and everything Mm -hmm. so i'll take that as well and with that we are done talking about mechanical penises and fart (laughs) jokes for this episode
1: and whether a movie having a well incorporated score makes it a musical or not. <laughs>
0: yes. I'm surprised we actually did get a good discussion out of it because you know the way that you built it up I was just like, "Ooh, it's going to be like 2 minutes long, isn't it?"
1: <laughs> no, there's there's well, an argument to, to be made on both sides.
0: Yeah. And it was it was an interesting take. Um I don't like I said, I do see the potential of it Being a musical, Mm -hmm. but as it is now, I wouldn't classify it.
1: Right. Yeah, I think I think I'm with you. I I think I would not call this iteration of Swiss Army Man a musical. But that there are clearly musical elements that are very strong.
0: Yeah, and if like, I don't know, maybe if they did add more songs to it, it could have been considered, but I don't know the way it stands. It's pretty. It's it's still a great movie. I'd say watch yeah. it if you haven't watched it already. And yeah. why did you listen to this whole episode of us spoiling stuff if you <laughs> haven't watched it yet? Right. Uh, but shady. Yeah. Is there anything you would like to plug or promote?
1: Oh man. Um. I'm gonna promote. Some, first thing I'm gonna promote is something that has nothing to do with either of us, but it does have to do with this movie. Hey, Daniels. Immediately before making this movie, were best known for. Directing music videos, including the amazing video for uh, DJ Snakes and Lil Jon's "Turn Down for What," which shut, shut, shut the fuck up. And and it's a it's a fun song and a really funny music video. So I'm going to promote that. Just go watch that. Give yourself a little lift. Take yourself back to, I don't know, seven years ago whenever that song was big.
0: So that makes a lot of sense now. Yeah, the mechanical oh, I... boobs in that move in that music video.
1: Yeah. yeah. I think the first dancer you see in that video is Dan Kwan as well. Oh, like I good. think he's one of the dancers in it. Um, anyway, and then obviously the next thing I'm going to promote is Movie Deja Vu. Uh, Yay! Hey, A fun podcast that I do with my dear friend, John. Uh, that John John's mostly the mastermind behind it. Um, no,
0: no, no. You stop right now. You make me sound good because you edit it
1: uh yeah I do I do the post stuff John does the pre stuff and then we we both do the production stuff yeah? yes
0: yeah okay yeah but like <laughs> as an editor you're <laughs> while editing this podcast I've had a lot of thoughts of like deep need me- deep meetings while I'm editing and I'm just like I'm telling the story so it's <laughs> like that's what film editors do like yeah. they're the ones that uh, like you have the script but then they're yeah. the ones that are actually telling the real st- like the, the final story of it
1: yeah. And, yeah and they oftentimes get to choose which take to use which means they can make an actor look really good or really bad depending on how much they like that actor so,
0: thank you for making me sound really good
1: you I don't have to work much on you at all it's me I have to work on
0: you stop right now you sound great <laughs> all the time
1: oh no I don't um so let's end this love fest and I'm just gonna say go listen to that we have a lot of fun with it especially recently we did the fear street movies which was super fun
0: yes we did
1: listen to any of our horror episodes but like listen to all of our episodes especially the horror ones we have a lot of fun with those
0: and some other ones like I feel like Josie
1: and the pussycats was a great one Banger. and that's musicals
0: that's musicals baby and Jim and the <laughs> holograms movie. I'm going to prompt you. And then your Twitter. What's your (laughs) personal Twitter?
1: I forgot about that part. At Cookie O'Shady. You can find me on Twitter there. That's really all you can find me on. I'm not too active on anything else.
0: Shady, what kind of dessert are you?
1: Uh, Today, I'm going to be Granny's Homemade Sugar Cookies, because this is a very comforting movie to me. And... I don't have a grandma who bakes cookies, but if I did, I would imagine it's very comforting.
0: Aw, we'll make you some cookies. Oh, thank uh,
1: you. I mean, my grandma's wonderful. She just, she's not much of a baker.
0: Fine, grandma, it's okay.
1: <laughs> she does other things. She's great at like- Whatever, grams. Yeah.
0: <laughs> uh, and if you want to throw shade at Shady's grandma with me, Or talk about Swiss Army Man and maybe defend if it is a musical.
1: Yeah!
0: Uh, You can email me at buttersongpod at gmail.com. I'm also on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, kind of. (laughs) At butasongpod. Tell us your thoughts and feelings about it. And then uh, if you want to be part of the next episode, we're going to be talking about... uh, We're going back to regular scheduled programming. And we're going to discuss Happy Feet. So shady i see that hank is here and he's ready to take us out of this episode a la jet ski uh farting jet ski (laughs) and by hank i meant manny or did i mean (laughs) hank i don't know i could i am not drunk or am i maybe (laughs) let's let's go on the corpse and and jet ski away bye everyone bye